0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Hi, I'm Joe Connolly along with producer Neil A. Caruso to introduce you to the founder of a very successful business in the hottest industry in New York right now, tech. Who are these Tech firm founders. You're about to meet one. What was the opportunity that they saw and how are they growing their business now? Sean Peterson is founder of Strong Arm Technologies, which helps employees in warehouses and at job sites and in everywhere to reduce injuries and orthopedic injuries and problems that can lay you up for weeks or for months. So, Sean, what does Strong Arm Technologies do? And was I accurate, basically correct in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Um, Thanks Thanks for having us. Strongarm Tech is a safety science company. So what we do is we drive real-time information off the bodies of industrial athletes, which are blue-collar workers that we prefer to call industrial athletes. They're working in the warehouses, in the manufacturing plants, paving our roads. And what we do is we collect data from small sensors that they wear throughout their day. We provide alerts to help avoid any injuries that they may see throughout the, the, the course of their, of, of their, of their shift. Um, and with that data, we actually drive operational excellence into the business by helping managers and safety professionals lean in with a new form of data. And that data is physiological data. So we're creating happier and healthier workforces by using a proactive means of collecting this real-time information. And we do it all from a very small wearable that you clip onto your shirt or or onto your chest.
2: Now, are some employees resistant about being tracked by Big Brother at first?
1: Always. It's always something you're going to deal with. Um, And we've been doing this now for for eight years. So we've come quite a long way, and I believe the industry has as well. And what we learned really was it's about transparency and when we started out we began working with unions and really learning in depth what are the things that are required to have a progressive and connected digital safety program but also walk the line of safety privacy and security and making sure that everyone is comfortable with the data we're collecting so by being transparent is really the first step in the in the door and two when the when we're in field for about a month in a new client, all that goes away. People are coming home less tired. People are spending more time with their kids at home, um, and you know, not icing their backs on the couch. They're actually playing ball, and it's those things that really start to ingrain our new approach to the way we look at labor. And I think you know, through COVID. Um, You saw a great deal of challenges in the supply chain and in EHS and safety in general, and allowing us to um, enter into the space by providing continuity, allowing folks to get back to work faster and safer were all reasons where folks have really just realized now that wearables are a part of the future of industry Uh, particularly industry 4.0 now has embraced wearables and we're glad to be there to protect the industrial athlete and give them a seat at the decision-making table
2: what does this data cause to happen in real life is it that somebody comes down with a pulled muscle in the back and you use the data to say look when you lifted that box that way That's what did it. I mean, how does this get explained to the
1: person? So we try to make it um, so that it's intuitive. And we do that by being proactive and predictive. So the small sensor that you wear is actually collecting around a dozen inputs of potential risk around 12 and a half times a second. So we're processing so much information. And the goal for us is to not overcomplicate anything, but rather just... Provide small insights throughout your day so that you can avoid getting hurt, and we do that through haptic feedback through the sensor vibrating or through. Haptic. Alerts. Oh,
2: it's vibrating. Mm-hmm. It's haptic, meaning it's telling you you're doing something wrong right now. Right. So we're making
1: inputs, and just as you go to do something risky, we're going to give you a small buzz, and it's going to you're going to take a step back, and we avoid the injury by doing that simple gesture by over forty five percent year over year.
2: Boy, if you could come up with one of those for news writers to tell them when they're using a cliche, yeah. you, you really have something there, Sean. I, don't I get a buzzer going off. Nice <laughs> Neil?
1: Hopefully, I don't get too many buzzes, Joe. Um, <laughs> Sean, uh, what's been some of the response from companies like Walmart who use Fuse? Um, you know, thanks for bringing that up. That's uh that, you know, Walmart particular is a project that we've been focusing on for a number of years now. Um, and the response is empowerment. I think that is the end goal here. Um, what we've recognized is that throughout history, the way that we've typically looked at injuries in the workplace has been a cost center. It's something that we always treat retroactively. And because of that, typically the resources allocated, the information allocated, um, really led to a misalignment of incentives. So by providing this highly granular data that is tied down to the 12th of a second throughout an industrial athlete shift, we're able to really transform the way that we're looking at your shift schedules, the way that you're looking at the way we're valuing labor, the way that we're approaching safety and by involving everyone in with the level of transparency that we provide through our data platform we're empowering the entire organization to think about safety first so instead of being retroactive now safety finally has a way to make the move the needle at the operational level and i think that unification and alignment of incentives has led to a much more proactive means of 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 working and created a better work environment and for us, this is the future. For clients like Walmart, this is the future. And, you know, it's more so than just a small widget that protects you from an injury. It really is a new way in which we can gauge and value the labor system today. Sean, I wonder what are some ways that small retailers can think about implementing technologies to improve their efficiencies and, you know, ultimately grow profits? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our our focus is around finding the sweet spot in your workforce really today by not leading with the old methodologies. Basically, we've been counting throughput and as manufacturers for decades for centuries now. And the only way to gauge someone's value is how many things they can put in the system and how many things come out good. And that really is just kind of a archaic way to look at things. What we're providing is a a new way to gauge, a new way to think of what people are doing every single day, what risks they're going through, and how that impacts you in the future. Instead of being a, a, a cost center down the line, we give clients the opportunity to look that risk in the face, change it before it happens, and while doing so, generating an ROI for those businesses. By eliminating those injuries, we don't simply have the dollars fall into the bottom line, we take our data a step further and we help those organizations consult with their own information. So if you're anticipating a workflow improvement, but you can't really find the operational budget to do so, there's a very good chance that there's a safety ROI hidden in those numbers. So we help clients find new buckets of profitability that are built off of something good which is the opportunity to reduce injury so we have an example where you know we we, we do this many times where we'll, we'll look at a, a something like a pick and sort um operation which is highly dangerous highly repetitive and most importantly very fast. so the individuals doing that pick work the industrial athletes are often paid per parcel so you would do anything to not disrupt that day workforce, including things like redesigning areas where we know are not ergonomically sound. What we can do at Strongarm now is do an assessment of how risky that behavior is and come up with a propensity for risk that will determine an ROI. And we can say to this client, yeah, you you may have to spend $10,000 to shut down the line and redo this uh, workflow design but the result is going to be a 10x savings on that roi in the next in on the next three months based on the injury reduction that we can provide so this really is creating a paradigm shift and it's completely scalable from you know small businesses up to you know the biggest businesses in the world like walmart which is where we're operating today
2: sean what in your background in mathematics or engineering or what was it that allowed you to see this specialized area that has grown so for you?
1: You know there's a, a lot of there's a lot of technical things. you know I'm an industrial designer um, and I studied mechanical engineering and entrepreneurship and I get deeply involved in a lot of things and we've got an incredibly intelligent team that's way smarter than I am. But the thing that's made us figure it out is sticking to our guts around the right thing to do. And it was an incredibly hard battle to get here by balancing this technology we're bringing into the workplace and and making sure the, the thesis is always focused on the industrial athlete, making sure that we're finding new ways to bring value to the table for a group that is highly underpaid and highly underserved And it was a challenge, but the only way we got through it is not by having a magic bullet out the gate, but rather working with organizations very closely to learn how they tick and learn how inside of that operational challenge, how can we give safety a seat at the table? How can we give a voice for the future of the industrial athlete a seat at that table? And through data, we were able to find this inextricable link that allowed this conduit to happen, that allowed these conversations to evolve.
2: How did you support yourselves or the business in this period when you were forming these collaborations, which would eventually lead to such success?
1: Through uh, a great deal. So, you know, we're we're venture-backed. But the way that we really drove was through innovation. You know, we are in an industry that has an incredibly long sales cycle. And while you're building a, a, a cadence in such a big, siloed organization there's so many different directions you can be pulled in and as a small startup we had to pick and choose which things you wanted to solve first data luckily sows that thread for all these innovations but in the early days we were building new technologies and new t- and, and new categories for new clients to really fund cash flows to keep the business in vain while we developed this thesis and while the market frankly caught up to what we were developing and as our data was built to the tens of thousands of athletes we have that gave us the statistical significance to really dance operationally with these large conglomerates.
2: What was your first paid client and what was the project? I'm sure it seems pretty modest probably now, but it would be first, interesting to hear.
1: Our first paid client uh, was the uh, was a very, very small uh, charity distribution center <laughs> in upstate New York. Wow. And they bought exoskeletons that uh, that we made. <laughs> Which were braces, wow. right? Which were, yeah, they were mechanical braces that you wore on your body. And they helped you pick up more load and protected you ergonomically throughout your day.
2: And I just have to ask before we go back to Neil for one more. What advice do you have for business owners who don't want to sell to Walmart, but who want to sell to larger clients in whatever industry there is? How do you get in? What do you tell them?
1: Oh, it's um, it's the the things that we've learned over the time is that you have to have a multi prong approach, but you have to start with the end user, and you have to never lose sight of that individual at all. In fact, focus on that person more. Right? It's so it's almost those are the folks who have the pain point who bring you in the in the fold, and they may not have the budget to take you globally with the organization, uh, but they are the champions and they are the best voice of customer.
2: Find so an ally.
1: It's almost like the old adage, right? Like treat your new your your new friends like silver and your old like gold. That's that's really how we try to operate. And we build our teams around that narrative, around that thesis of protecting the person initiative that brought us in the door. And as the other initiatives evolve around it, they always tie back to the original thread. Neil. So interesting. Um I wonder how have you refined your pitch over time? You know, as as you grow from client to client, how are you refining that pitch so that you can get those big fish? You know, the more conversations we have, the more time we spend with our clients and the more we're able to do things like client counsels and, and, use, and use new tools to take some of those words that we hear in the things they want in the future, um, you know, the pitch becomes the pitch evolves based on the client's needs. It's as simple as that. The more value we can provide, the more articulate we can be in terms of the pain point we're solving. And I think the in the early days, it was a highly technical, overly complicated pitch that we had to use just in order to let people know we have real science behind us as we're gonna come in and try to transform your organization with this more altruistic means of calibrating your labor force. But over time, we started to use that data to solve pain points and then prove out how we're doing that. And now that pitch, quite frankly, has gotten way more streamlined. And now it's simply for us, it's all these complicated things we do. We just tell our clients, if you can measure it, you can manage it. But why aren't you managing the most sensitive and dynamic and important integral piece of your supply chain the human being? And we give them the opportunity to do that today with the Fuse platform.
2: Finally, um, how strong is the New York tech industry? What do you hear from colleagues and peers? Is it booming? Will it continue to boom? Will it level off? What's your crystal ball view?
1: Um, You know, COVID was a hard hit, uh, I think, for the best part about the New York tech scene, which is the fact that you can interact in this ecosystem. Now. The silver lining of that, though, and, and being part of really, really amazing organizations and groups like New Lab in Brooklyn, we were able to see kind of the spirit of New York meet the spirit of innovation, which to me was the most inspiring piece of the whole puzzle. The silver lining for me was was seeing that innovation come to fruition when people built things like respirators. We had a team of folks over at New Lab who we're using everything from 3D printers to decoupling old factory pieces in order to spin up a new supply chain to build respirators that they can then ship around globally. And we used our friends and logistics clients, quite frankly, to get those things through the supply chain quickly. We had other friends who have vendors that are constantly working on supply chains internationally to import masks and PPE. And seeing the spray of innovation from things as high tech as spinning up a mechanical respirator overnight and the supply chain for it to as to even the business hustle to just get things into the hospitals when they needed them completely unprompted and with for no selfish interests at all really were the most inspiring things. so now as we start to get back and it's still a little slow quite frankly um, with the summer coming around and 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 i'm just incredibly hopeful that that spirit of innovation probably grew and there's probably a lot of really excited smart people um, that are they're going to continue to boon and i'm excited for the new york tech scene this summer